Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves standard doesn't need Azika's chariot. I'm your host, Moderator Dave, and I have with me Ben. Hello. Yeah, I could never see that card in standard again and be completely fine. Uh, Also joining us is Other Dave. Yep, that's me. Um, I'm... It's not really a card that's going to matter anymore, so I'm okay with it. It's probably just gone, gone now. Yeah, I, yeah, I might see some play in Pioneer at some point. I mean, people would have to play Pioneer for that to happen, though. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, what, what have y'all been doing this week? Um, I've been just touring around with some uh, decks. Trying to figure things out. I, I'm really interested in that mono black standard deck, but I neither have the cards nor the wild cards, the physical cards nor the wild cards to actually make it happen. So, mm. yep. Somebody might figure it out before I get there. But I, I do think that whatever is going on is, is like, I think what people are playing right now is just an evolving thing. Um, so, you know, one way or another, people will get there. So. That's not that deck's final form. No, no, no. I don't think so. Hmm. What have you been up to, other Dave? I spent most of my week studying for drafting. Ah. And, and then, you know, actually drafting, looking at draft strategies, figuring out what I was going to do. Oh, yeah. So what, what strategy are you liking? Uh, always pick two running backs to start off with. You get, right. your, get your skill right. positions out of the way early. And then... Is is that a newfangled term for creature with haste? No, I'm talking about my football or, draft, or trample my fantasy draft. I I picked Austin Eckler my first pick and James Conner my second. Pick. Ah, I I don't know anything that you're saying. <laughs> Those words are foreign. Points. Yeah, score the most points when that week. Yes, I mm-hmm. I assumed you meant magic when you said drafting. No, not my fancy football draft. Oh. Makes that makes a little more sense when you said running back now. Yeah. Move 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 the the sports ball. Score the points. Did you do anything magic related that we could talk about on the podcast? No. The magic related podcast that we uh no. currently uh, I guess record. I did I did do that midweek magic thing. Uh, ah, yes. I did too. The uh Phantom Sealed. That was yeah. nice. Um, was it free? Yes, yeah. it was free. You need to get on in the middle of the week, man, and get all the the free events that they do in the middle. Yeah, yeah I, sometimes they're I'm nice. Fifty fifty on them because, like, when the ones where they provide you with stuff, I'm okay with. But when they're like, build a sixty card brawl deck, but don't use these cards, I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Um, I usually miss those ones too because I'm like, I can't be bothered to build a sixty card brawl deck. To be honest. I build a deck using only cards from this set, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I will when they do the art, uh, the artisan and the popper ones. I will throw together a deck, but usually, I sh- play until I get my three wins and stop. Um, yeah, if me. it's if it's something where I can build it without using wild cards like popper or artisan, or or only using you know my lower tier wild cards, but if they're like build it. A deck using because I think two weeks ago it was build a deck using Dominaria only cards from Dominaria. And it's like it's a huge card pool that I don't have 
that I don't want to waste my wild cards on just to build a deck for midweek magic. I like, off. Oh, that wizard. I basically all I got done this week magic wise was uh, the midweek magic phantom sealed. Spent a lot of time on that actually because I rebuilt my deck several times to try to like look at different color combinations to see which ones played the way I like them and did all right. Played like three or four games with each uh, build. Actually spent more time on that than I probably should have, but I had fun. So, hey, if you're learning, that's not wasted time. That's true. Yeah, but other than that, you know, I'm going to go on a not magic tangent and uh, say I spent the rest of the week uh, learning how to play Android Netrunner. So that's a fun card game. What What does that mean? Oh, yeah. This this actually like stupid old uh, wizards used to put it out way back in the day, um, and then they sold it the license to fantasy flight games and they rebooted it as a living card game. Anyways, it's a asymmetrical card game where one player plays a corporation and the other player plays a hacker and it's set in a dystopian cyberpunk future. And the, the corporation player has to uh, advance their schemes. And if they get seven points of schemes, then they win. And if the hacker stops seven points worth of schemes, they win. Oh, okay. It's it's pretty fun. Um, so I'm is that gonna, just like Dominion, where you just buy the cards and then you get the card? It's like all yeah. Of it. Like when they put out, well, <laughs> it actually goes deeper into that. But like when Fantasy Flight was producing it, they would put out the the base set, and then you'd buy it, and you'd have all the cards, and then they would periodically put out expansion sets and you just buy them and then you have all the cards so it wasn't done with boosters and stuff like magic is so it was a little less random a little less uh scummy in my opinion i like magic a lot but there's some stuff that wizards does that could be viewed as a little a little scummy hmm. imagine that yeah a for-profit corporation does something scummy to make money madness anyways uh, so I spent most of my week doing that, but nice, you know, kind of a lull here while we wait for uh standard to hammer itself out since I'm not yeah. spending wild cards. I almost, if I had two more rares, I probably would have built that mono red deck that has been floating around because I oh, had yeah. almost enough wild cards to get it, uh, get it done and played with because it looks really nice and kind of a fan. Yeah, it's it seems like red deck's gonna be good. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's gonna be RDW level of good. That remains to be seen, but I do think that we got some red got some good cards with Dominaria United to If Mono Red does real well, I'll probably play standard this go around. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh moving on. Not a lot of news worth talking about, so we're just going to go into the general discussion. Do, do we want to just really quick, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but just go over the, we talked about the Disney card game last time. They did release. Mickey the Gathering? Yeah, yeah, they did show some cards off of that. Do we want to just talk about those real quick? I mean, if uh, you want to, we've already dedicated a substantial part of this magic cast to stuff that's not magic, so... Yeah, I I just deep. thought it was I I thought it was interesting. I the the releases that they they made, I guess. Yeah, the uh, promo cards that they showed off for their D twenty three convention. And I was 
I was editing the podcast last week and realized we never actually said the name of this card game. And <laughs> I wanted to point out that that name, it just rubs me on all the wrong places. That's why we didn't say it, because it's annoying. Yeah. It rubs yeah. you in all the wrong places. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. not not comfortably. He's seriously, he's chafing. Yeah. Like, it's, an, like an untrained massage therapist. Yes, yes. So you're going to say the name? It's, it's, I guess it's pronounced Lorcana, like Arcana and Lore mixed together. You know? Lorcana. Ugh, it's a bad pun. A little bit. Anyways, let's talk about them. I guess this is news, right? We have news after all. Yeah, um, a little bit. It's not magic related news, though. They well, picked a well, good week yeah. to well, put these cards out, I guess. Yeah. Wizards isn't doing any spoilers this week. It's time to go. How's our window? Uh, so they released some characters, heroes. Well, some of them are got the creature type of hero, if you want to call it a creature type of hero, and some of them have the creature type of villain. Mm-hmm. It looks like they have a mana cost. It looks like they have a power and a toughness. They have... Uh, the reason I want to talk about it is because it looks a lot like magic mechanics, um, mm-hmm. just named um, differently. We didn't get around to bringing this up last week. But there is a former Wizards employee working on this card game. Oh. Which is probably I will I I don't remember his name. It's Ryan. It's I'm gonna pull up last week's show notes because it's in there. But he worked on, if I remember correctly, Corset twenty thirteen, and he also worked on the Kaijudo game for Wizards. Ryan Miller, yeah, Ryan Miller. Okay. Wizards for quite a while. He's managing the brand, brand manager and doing the mechanics and stuff for it. So I gotcha. Mean, to when I saw those cards and seen how uh well let's just take a look at the one that I think is very magic S, which is Elsa, Snow Queen. Yep. She's got a freeze ability that exerts uh, It literally has the tap symbol. Yeah. Freeze. It says tap, exert ch- chosen opposing character. Yeah, so which we're going to assume that that's not the tap symbol. That's a swirl. It's legally distinct. Yeah, it literally is the tap. Someone has actually redesigned these cards into magic cards. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, so did, yeah, it probably. So did they just Photoshop the Snow Queen off of the uh, Eldraine card and yeah. put Elsa's name on it? Because this is almost... This card somebody pointed out is almost exactly the same mechanically as the Snow Queen from was it Eldraine? Yeah, the fairy tale set, which I thought was interesting because uh, she taps creatures and is a two three. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's some other mechanics in here, like they have abilities of evasive, where only characters with evasive can challenge this character. Sounds a lot like flying, or mm-hmm. what's that other one that? It's basically they're unblockable unless they have that. The other person has that ability. Horsemanship. They don't use it, they don't use it anymore. It's like a while back. Horsemanship. Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, maybe it's shadow. It's horsemanship. Come on, man. Oh, maybe that shadow. too. But it does seem like the wording of only characters with evasive can challenge this character. It does seem it's like a Pokemon thing where you choose the one that you attack. Like, hey, yeah. I'm challenging your hero. Instead of they choosing like in mm-hmm. magic, so that might be a different in the in the between the two games. 
Like, again, that doesn't seem to have any colored mana. It just seems like you get some kind of energy. I wonder if it's like Hearthstone, where each turn you yeah. get. I So I actually think there might be some kind of colored mana. I'm not 100% sure about this yet. but Well, it seems like their color matters because there's colored symbols on the side and they're Exa- you know, colored Yeah, banner. so... Captain um, Hook is devoid of color, it looks like. He's like gray. Um, I will say this. I, last week before these cards were released, I was like, I'm not sure this is going to have much strategy and stuff. I kind of maybe think I might be wrong. It's possible about that <laughs> after seeing the cards because it does look like they are like the deck building process for this game is going to be a similar experience to Magic where you're trying to maximize certain things, abilities. Yeah, I think the uh, that icon that's underneath of their name yeah, I think that might represent some kind of color or or some faction. Yeah, like that um, Maleficent has that like fire breathing emblem. It looks like and yeah, it looks it looks cool. Um, I don't know that I'll play it, but it does look better than I initially thought from reading the the blurb. You know, the yeah, blog post they the, made. The, it does look like it has more strategy and more motability than Pokemon. Do you think they will keep it limited? To just Disney Disney properties, or do you think you see like X Men and Star Wars and I, things? I think if they don't, then they're missing out on a huge segment of people. I do think it'd be yeah. weird for like Thanos exiling Elsa, but with with his snap ability, that would be kind of weird. But will She Hulk be twerking on her card? Oh my! I heard about. I haven't seen the show, but I've I've heard the show's so so good. Even the twerking, it's unbelievably good, dude. It's it's so good, <laughs> awesome. It, the, the twerking is hilarious. Oh, okay, so it's not like oh my god, they put twerking in my Marvel property, like most. Yeah, no, it's okay. it's done in a way that is quite funny. Excellent. Mm. <laughs> well, I choose to believe you over the the salty little <laughs> on the internet who hate everything. Yeah, but still somehow managed to watch it. I don't know how people live like that. Anyways, um, I think they'd be silly not to add all their properties. That's the only thing that like sets them apart from wizards. Really, is that yeah. they've got this huge uh, already established IP, yeah, pre-established yeah. IP library that they can just draw from. They can make sets for each. Like you make your X Men set and your, uh, but, you know. But does that then make it harder to market towards children? Mm. Well, if you're asking me if I think you're going to have like an aliens uh, with uh, the xenomorphs and stuff kind of thing, probably not. But like kids like X-Men. Yeah. You know? Well, and looking at the mechanics and stuff, this is not a five-year-old game. Uh, no, it's not. I, I don't think. Like I originally thought it would be, you know, like a seven-year-old think- even. I think that 10 yeah. is probably They're- where you would start. 10, 13, like, like... Uh, magic that they're gunning for. Yeah. Are yeah. they doing paper cards with this? Do we know? Um, they All these yes. all these cards right here are paper cards that they mm-hmm. put out as a uh, like a collector set. For, yeah. In for fact, you could only get the Mickey Mouse one at that event. Mm-hmm. Well, D23, uh, it, was, it was... Yeah, yeah, D23. They later came out and said that you would be able to get the cards like Mickey... 
they just uh-huh. wouldn't have the D23 stamp on them. So, oh, okay. Special promo. promo. Special. So, I, I think if they did a digital I, version. It's the same thing Magic has been doing for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surprise. I think if they do a digital client of this game and then make it so that, you know, like if you buy a pack of Pokemon cards, you get a digital pack of Pokemon cards. I think if they do that, then and and aren't so, you know, I don't want to say greedy, but that's kind of the only word I can come up with about their digital client. Then I think that this might have a shot at gaining some traction, to be honest. Some real legs. It's got yeah. some real legs on if it. They, if they do the, you know, Microsoft Game Pass thing where it's like, well, we don't really care if you buy our game for full price. You just subscribe to our service, you know, like not trying to be greedy, just trying to get more of a like share of the consumer share, you know, then I think they might they might have a chance of doing it because Wizards was, is kind of just, you know, milking and nickeling and diming everything. And if they come in and just, hey, let's catch everybody and pull them into our ecosystem, they could snipe. They sh- they could be an underdog that you know d- does gain traction. Yeah, really just curious because it seems like if I was going to try and compete in this market right now, I might go digital only. Yeah, it would be smart. <laughs> um, and I, but I know you kind of you cut out the collector market, which is probably a pretty big market when you get into Disney stuff. Oh, geez, and Disney people, man. Yeah, so I might buy a first edition of box of this and just sit on it for twenty years. I, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Like, just <laughs> buy a box of it and never open it. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. You just started Mickey the Gathering Finance. Right yeah. here. Welcome to, my, are... welcome to my Mickey the Gathering spec podcast. There you go. <laughs> Disney people are um, very voracious when it comes to collectibles. So yes. I, I mean, so are your comic book people if you start yeah. diving into the Marvel properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. I, I, I'm more impressed with it than what I was last week, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I think we should actually dedicate some time in this podcast to talking about Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, Lord this is game, right? life. <laughs> Okay. So I think we should bid. Uh, Legends of Runeterra is where it's at. Lorcana Proving Grounds. Look up for upcoming podcast 2023. Actually, Legends of Runeterra is pretty good. I've heard some good things about that. I had no nothing else about it except that yeah. the art's good and people seem to like it. Yeah, I mean it's free to play, so I played it for a little bit. But uh, there's only <laughs> enough time in my life for one free to play card game. So I feel like I should register Lorcana Proving Grounds domain just in case. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're all gonna be Lorcana addicts by next year. There's, there's no longer gonna be magic at all. Um. Anyways, I think that, Disney's uh, going to use their AI algorithms to hack into our brains. And- yeah, they'll just record the podcast for us. Yeah, AI algorithms. Look. Not gonna ask the boss to let you put literal deep fried garbage on the menu. Uh, but it was uh, Wazoo's favorite. Yeah, yeah, I miss Wazoo too, but we aren't on Capenna anymore, and raccoon cuisine isn't gonna fly here. I'm just trying to add some flair to the menu. You've only been here for six months. Blending in is a little bit more important than flair. Hey, what are my two best employees talking about? 
And I just wanted to add some new... Uh, I, he, he wants to know if you need him to stay after his shift and clean the fryer. Oh, that won't be necessary. Also, it seems a customer wasn't happy with their meatloaf. And you know how we feel about meatloaf around here. It could have been Teferi, guys. You gotta get the meatloaf correct. Do you want me to go over there and cut him, boss? <laughs> I do enjoy your jokes. <laughs> yeah, he tells the best jokes. I'm, I'm not joking. If somebody's out there talking bad about the business, I can go out there and cut him if you want. <laughs> what a laugh riot this guy is, am I right? You can just remake the meatloaf, Mo. Okay. You need to cut that out. You're not a mobster anymore. Anyway, we can we can uh, we can put them on the back shelf. We can we can set them aside. Say farewell to the mouse house of mouse house of mouse, and also say farewell to some of our favorite cards from standard. Yes, this is the uh, standard in memoriam podcast where we say goodbye to all the cards from the previous standard that are rotating out that will surely be missed. That either made us happy or sad. Yes. Yeah. So uh, why don't you guys start? Because I didn't really play standard, so I have no strong opinions about any of these cards except that Goldspan Dragon's cool. We, All right. We already mentioned that we're we're glad Esk is gone. I know. I think that card. Yeah. Was unhealthy. Yeah, it was a little degenerative. Like playing it straight up in the in the mono green deck was was fine. I don't think that was degenerative. It was when you were like copying it and then bouncing it and doing all the things that break it that really. Yeah, in the mono green deck, it's just a strong card. It's yep. not like, how am I going to deal with this? So Everywhere else it got a little zany. Yeah, people were building around it for combo to mm. you know <laughs> make as many cats as possible. I am glad that uh, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, is out of standard. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's good. They didn't I know he's him. been out of standard for a very long time. <laughs> I just celebrate every day that he's not in standard. Also, Time Raveler, while we're at it, let's go ahead and throw that one. Hey, man, but you've got time Raveler. to fairy who slows the sun. That's a good card, right? Actually, he, he's actually seeing some traction. Yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, sorry to float over to Pioneer Talk. They're starting to put this in the Mono Green Devotion deck, the Teferi yep. card, because yep. they figured out some of the problem with the deck was it didn't have much creature interaction on the other side of the board. So they put this guy in and tap down all their stuff so they can just roll right through them. <laughs> it's actually, I was like, man, that's that's a really good iteration there. Yeah, because then they work towards the alt, and the alt is basically a seedborn muse. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, it's I've seen really it. neat. It's, it's really ridiculous. neat. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am going to say like uh, I was a big mono white deck player in standard for the previous standard and i probably still will be honestly um but they lost a lot of cards so you're um, gonna keep playing mono white uh probably uh i have 
like in paper at least. I'll probably play it in paper. Um, I don't know if I'll craft the cards for it in Arena. It depends on how how the rest of the meta shakes out. I mean, do you yeah. think with all the cards that you're losing, you're still going to be able to play Mono White? I, I do. I, I do. I think there's still a deck there. Um, I just don't know like how powerful it'll be. Like I said, I think that before prior to rotation, the deck was still top tier, even if it wasn't like played a lot as much as it used to be. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. I just think... Yeah. They lost a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, they lost Luminarch Aspirin, which puts a 1-1 counter on it every before every combat uh, on a creature. They lost the Legion Angel that you can tutor from the sideboard. They lost the Skyclave Apparition that exiles um, a permanent, not a creature, uh, which is very important, actually. Um, they yeah. lost the Elite Spellbinder, which looks at the hand and makes something cost more. Um, yeah. Also, what else? Three one flyer, not to discount that. Right, and it, the fact it's a flyer. Oh, Redane that Redain has the the modality to flip on the back and be the shield to make their creatures. I have never once less. cast that shield. Really? Not I do. If they're <clears throat> if they're not casting snow, if they're not playing snowlands, and I already have board advantage, then I will cast the. Um, or if they're if in the mirror match actually is usually where I cast the shield because that makes their creatures do one less damage. I would think in the mirror match they would be running snowlands. Um, it's possible. Sometimes it, it, it iterated differently over time when, like, especially after Faceless Haven was um, right. Once Faceless banned, Haven left, yeah. I guess the snowlands kind of went away. But I, I just there's. There's never been a situation where that one damage was more important to me than having a two three flyer with vigilance, especially um, if I already have a luminarch aspirin out and it's gonna just become a buff bigger, it, buff and it, bigger. Buff it. yeah, I can see why you wouldn't play the back, but I have i not very much I'd mostly play the flyer side but, um, um yeah, but I do think the cards that that white deck gets is gonna be pretty good, um the hero banali, of course. Um, there's the, what is it called? Um, it also lost Portable Hole if you were running. Oh, right. Portable Hole. Yep. That Hero of Benalia. Uh, yes. Play with it in my sealed pool. That was one of the rares I got. Yes. I agree. That card does some work. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's... You get that out there and it's like, ah, uh, it just does work. So that's definitely a great addition to the white deck, I think. The Indestructible, just to discard a card, is... Mm. the real key to that card. I think it costs yeah. no mana. If it costs mana, it wouldn't be as good. Um, but the fact you just, if you, you know, because usually you're holding the land back anyway. Um, I just don't. the end of the game. I don't think Mono White has the tricks right now. I mean, I could be wrong. But. There's the, man, what is the guy? Anointed Peacekeeper. So he's light. He's not as good as the Elite Spellbinder because the Elite Spellbinder is a flyer. But he, you look at the, you look in an opponent's hand, and then you can choose any card name, not just what's in their hand. And then spells your opponent's cast with the chosen name cost two more to cast. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name cost two more to activate unless they're mana abilities. So with the Elite Spellbinder, so, it's it's a trade-off. It's not a flyer, but its ability is stronger. Does that make sense? Hold on. I don't think that ability is stronger at all. Really? Uh-uh. Read it to me again. I want to make okay. sure I understand okay. it correctly. Or actually, just tell me the name of the card. Anointed Peacekeeper. Maybe I don't know how to spell anointed. 
It's only one end. Yeah, that's what I would guess. Yeah, I would guess. Yes. Okay. Annoyson. Choose any card name spell. Yeah, so here's why he's worse. Why? Okay. He dies. The effect is gone. Oh, because you don't exile it. Right. You're right. Because Elite Spellbinder exiles the card that's in their hand. Right. And then makes it cost two more. And that's a permanent effect, whereas this one, it does it for all cards that you name, not just the one that's in their hand, if it's even in their hand, but if they kill it, then it no longer happens. Yeah. So I guess it's a weird trade-off in a way, I guess. I don't know. It's not as good for sure. Um, He does have vigilance. (laughs) There are cards that they added in Dominaria United that will help this mono-white deck. I, I think that there's enough. I'm just not sure what the combination of things are. Not sure enough to yeah. bust some wild cards out. Not yet. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah yet. right. There's so, there's so, God, I wish that, that it wasn't so toxic, the economy, oh, toxic on your wallet. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there may be a white deck out there, but I don't think it looks anything close to the current white deck. Yeah, if you check out the meta deck that's on there it's not using a lot of dominary united cards right now yeah um, and i don't know if that's a thing is like people don't have the wild cards or they haven't quite figured out how to use dominary united cards yet i just don't think there's but, enough that fits into that deck like other than the hero and then i mean the annoying peacekeeper probably slots in just because he may be the best thing out there um, but is it Guardian, enough to Guardian, be Guardian of as board controlling? Because that was the thing of the deck. It wasn't just an aggro deck. Right. You controlled the board. Well, that's so. what I was going to say is you don't have you don't have half of the exile stuff that you had before. Right. And it's just that like the good cards from this set or the sets that seem to be doing well, like Sarah Paragon at four, and it's not really giving you the same kind of benefit. Right. It just, it's like, uh, people say it's like Luris, but I don't really agree. It's like Luris. You just get to cast a card from the graveyard or land. I will say it does give you the benefit of being able to get your, uh, I can't think of his name, the flip due to exiles. Brutal Cathar. Yeah. You can get Brutal Cathar back out of your graveyard with it. That's true. You do get. You get more benefit out of your Brutal Cathar. And she might, um, she might make a whole gameplay for white that's like let me run my creatures into your creatures to kill them both and then I'm gonna you know bring them back to maintain board dominance it, I guess but it also see, makes I don't it like easier that. to discard to guardian when you know you can get it back that's true so I don't know we'll see I'm hopeful because I really like the white deck so I'm hopeful but, is it going to be the but same? I can't see Am I going to enjoy playing that it? White deck plays the same as that the right. white deck you're talking about. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Which also means it probably won't be as good. Yeah. Anything you see there, Superior Dave? Me? Same yeah, way. that's leaving. Oh, sorry. I thought we were still talking about white. Yeah, we, the white's going to be heavy because we both played that deck. So. Yeah. Um, well, why we're on the so top I got it off the top. White aggro. What do you guys mm-hmm. think of this? Uh, Red, like the Boros aggro deck that's kind of uh, coming up. Um, it existed always, before Dominaria, right? It, that one? Yeah, I've always it like, like Boros the, aggro, honestly. The only uh, additional card it seems to be from uh, Dominaria in it, actually, is uh, Shiv and Devastator. So 
And that's a sideboard. Yeah. Um, I just don't Oof. think they've, I'm not sure they've played mm-hmm. around with the cards yet because yeah. they're, I think the issue, there's a card, it's a fun, what is the name of this card? Yeah, Shivan Devastator's one. Um, and then the other one is Electrostatic something or another. What, help me find Oh, it. yeah, that dude. He's a uncommon. Electrostatic uh, Infantry. Uh, yeah. Trample whenever you cast an instant of sorcery. That might be more of an is it prowess. Yeah, that's definitely. Is, would, is it an is it card? Is it? Um, that's the one I was yeah. thinking of, but maybe it's not good. I mean, the old school prowess deck was white red, and it was pretty good. Mm. I'm just not like what? Other than when that prowess deck was in standard, I feel like white red has been woefully unprepared for tournament play. Like I love the the concept of it. Obviously, I like playing aggro. They just they have trouble recovering from board wipes, and typically, it's just not quite fast enough to get there before you get to a board wipe. Yeah, no, we're they not have been given white a lot of card draw recently. So that's true, commander people, anchor. But the Boris Aggro deck did lose the Blade Historian, which gave uh, target creature double strike, I think. All creatures. All creatures double strike. All so. attacking creatures. Sorry. Right. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I knew there was something that wasn't straight up every creature. Okay. Yeah. So that that's... They're going to hurt there because I'm not sure that anything is really going to be as good as that. So we don't have hopes for top-tier Boros. Uh, it's, I mean, it's possible... I just don't know what it would look like yet. I mean, the the best card in standard is leaving standard and expressive iteration. So that it is that that card leaving standard. Is it a good thing for standard? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought yeah. I think so too. Um, Anywhere that you can play that card is a good thing. <laughs> as a person that plays modern with it and really loves it, um, no. See, here's yeah, the it's thing: it's super powerful though. People enjoy playing cards that are powerful. Oh, yeah. And so they're, obviously people are going to enjoy Expressive Iteration because it is quite powerful. The fact that it has made a, an impact in modern should tell you how powerful it is. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... A huge impact in modern, too. Yeah. Um, uh, like, an impact in modern that you probably haven't seen since, like, Fatal Push. It's It's big. So, um, I guess just the other things, uh, Magma Opus is leaving, and that, that's like the whole thing that Jeskai Hanada deck, uh, rotates around to. That's another Strixhaven card yeah. that's leaving. I'm, I have only ever seen that card played in Historic, so I, did, I didn't even realize oh, really? there was a standard deck that played it. Yeah, remember a couple months back when there was the, um, guy that would that made the land destruction deck that got into the tournament somehow he didn't really mean to yeah. remember that yeah yeah the one that took over that tournament was this magma opus card that's kind of where it first went into play um because jeskai hanada or the hanada card came out in kamigawa and then this there deck was, cropped there was up a uh a semic deck and a uh team deck in historic that ran it and used uh the gear hulk, the torrential gear hulk to play it out of the graveyard for free. Oh. So you yeah. discard it to get the artifact, to get the treasure token, and then you can turn five, you can drop your torrential gear hulk and play it out of the graveyard for free. Right. Mm. I, I think maybe we didn't see... I think Magma Opus or the Jeskai Hanada deck in general was more represented in paper play than yeah. 
digital. Like it was one of those weird decks that is higher in person than it is on um, online digital. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I think maybe the, the play pattern was complicated. I don't, I, or something like that where, you know, if you, if you go on arena and sometimes you just want to relax, you don't want to like think about how many targets you're getting in order to make magma opus effective. You just want to smash people I, in the face. So I, don't know less that I don't think that that's true. Cause I mean, the standard that Teferi hero of Dominaria was in was dominated by Teferi decks. Yeah. Um, and that, but none of those decks were simple smash you in the face decks. Well, I, I was using smashing the face as an example. Like the people who played control have played control for a while. And this was a new play pattern that you had to think about different things than you have for normal. And I don't think people picked it up as much probably, you know, for various reasons, I guess on digital. How many wild cards, uh, like right. mythic and rare are probably in that lot. deck? Probably. I think, I, I think I looked at it and it was a, it was one that I was like, I don't want to use this because it's going to rotate out soon. I don't want to make it. Maybe that was its biggest yeah. problem was that right. it, it flashed in the pan a month before rotation came. So yeah, that might be it. What else well, do we got here? I will throw oh, my got something for Sweet. just the, uh, the fact that the uh, snow lands are rotating out. Yeah. Not that I played a lot of standard, but it, I've always been I found it kind of quirky just to have the snow lands there. You put them in your deck and then make people think you're using them for snow purposes, but you're not. So yeah, the snow stuff uh, from Kaldheim. Mm-hmm. It after Faceless Haven was banned, like before Faceless Haven, everybody was running the snow lands just to have the power that was Faceless Haven, right? Uh, and then after that. There's only very few decks that still use the snow lands in order to um, power up the abilities of the cards. Like one was mm-hmm. the the mono green deck because of Blizzard Brawl and the whatever the elf was that untaps the snow land. And then um, the blue spirits deck used it to buff ascended spirit. Still used it too, right? Because of the the one red burn spell that did three damage. Instead of oh damage. yeah, yeah. I think so. You're right. I think uh, that freaking zombie creature from our popper challenge that did the snowlands was pretty effective in that particular <laughs> instance. That that he was. Portel goes away. Yeah. Oh, I did. I don't I think feel like, that was a very popular mechanic to begin with. Really? I don't think it was. It would always confuse me on arena when somebody when it would just like it would go <laughs> and make a sound effect, hmm. and then I'd be like, "What just happened?" And then I'd notice there's a card in their hand that's like shadowy or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I wish I, like I played the, it on the board. I like the idea behind Fortel. Like but, a down payment on your spell. Yeah. Right. I think the problem with Fortel is it, it's a control mechanic that is not conducive to playing control. Like, you don't want to have to tap your mana on your turn in control to mm. cast something cheaper later on. It, right. it, needed to, it either needed to be something you could do as an instant or it needed oh, right. to belong to a different color different uh mechanic i guess yeah it was like the mechanic was at odds with itself kind of thing yeah a little bit control absolutely does not want to have to shut their mana down and not have access to counterspell or bounce or removal in order to foretell something and i don't think of any other foretell card like can you think of a foretell card that was used heavily that wasn't a control type card i mean even doomscar really they, they definitely made it the control mechanic 
and like I said, it was definitely it, it, it never felt like it was conducive. To Inside every control player is two woofs, ones that only wants to tap out on the opposing player's turn, and the other wants to foretell. And then the third one is the Seekus Chariot that makes two wolves. Yes. Well, technically cats. They're not dogs, but, you know, aggro players. Away, which was not as popular as it was the first time. What what card, sorry? Landfall. Oh, yeah, land, landfall mechanic. mechanic, yeah. Yep, mm. you're right, it wasn't. Um, his kicker was also in Zendikar Rising, but that came back. Right. Yeah, you know, so it's kicker. Um, They're like, bye, hello. It's the uh, Mo throws Barney out of the bar hmm. meme. Yeah. yeah. We're losing. Landfall had its time for Omnath, and then Omnath was done. Yeah, Omnath got banned. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those mechanics that is, again, people like to play with stuff that's powerful. And that first Landfall set had a ton of stuff that was real powerful. Mm-hmm. And this one just kind of was like, all right. I feel like it was, and I, I don't want to armchair set designer assume what the set designers were doing. I figure like they were like, we're back in Zendikar. We have to do landfall because that's a Zendikar thing. But they didn't want to go too powerful with it because of, you know, what happened last time and, and whatnot. So they just did this like, you know, <laughs> middling. Well, here's the other thing, too, that I think either they didn't consider with landfall or... And, and I mean, I'm not saying they should have done this because they absolutely should not have done this. First landfall set though had sack lands, had mm. fetch oh, right. lands in it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, which is a it's a huge difference, and, and especially when you come to landfall, it means I can get two landfall triggers a turn, cost of one life, and still get an untapped land out of it. Whereas every other way now to get two landfall triggers a turn either required me to cast a spell or had to have my land come into play tapped. The um, Capenna lands, those did that, but do you it think was so that, close to the end of rotation so that I that's don't I, think people paid attention. That's what I was getting at. You think they stuck those in there at the end of rotation to keep that thing from taking, like getting legs and taking over? I also don't think that the landfall cards in Zendikar Rising were very good. I don't think they were like super overpowering, you know? You didn't think the little oh, cobra that Lotus Cobra, Lotus Cobra, brought the basic land and tapped, did it not? Yes, it does. You're right, okay. but it does yeah, give I mean, you the that, two landfall triggers, which yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Though is is yes. I mean, there were always cards to get two landfall triggers. Evolving Wilds is in every that yeah, ever. You're right, um, and even Field of Ruin. Yeah, uh, it's about being able to get two landfall triggers and have an untapped land. Right, uh, which the landfall wasn't power enough, powerful enough to negate the lo- loss of mana for the turn. Right. I think it's the issue. So goodbye then. But what is sad from Zendikar Rising, which was something they added new, was the dual-faced lands. Um, two, two different things. The pathways, where you could play like white or blue mana, which I think was very helpful in fixing your mana. Uh, and then, I like that a lot, actually. The, uh, yeah. Neat way to do a um, dual land without having to do an actual dual land. Right. I don't think they're as good as shock lands, but, I mean, they well, they were good in standard. You know, like in the standard, they were very helpful. Um, I'm worried about all the lands that have been lost. Like losing the pathways, and then instead we got the pain lands. 
that's that's going to be weird, mana for for this set, I guess. Um, oh man, do you want to hear a funny story? I guess it's not really a funny story, and unless you uh, want to hear a story that ends in me being sad and feeling kind of stupid. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is like late '90s, and there's a card shop in the mall. It's like dual lands, twenty dollars. On which dual lands? It just said dual lands. Uh-oh. This was this is in the late nineties. So I'm like, sick. I've got some of these. I'm gonna bring them and give myself twenty dollars. So I bring in the uh the Lanor wastes and the other ones, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make like forty bucks. So I take them up there, I give them to the guy. I'm like, what, thirteen, fourteen, maybe? Uh, probably at, more than look, that. Yeah. Well said late nineties. Well So invasion, okay. you would have been yeah, yes, 15, well, yeah. sixteen. Fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Anyways, and so I'm like, gonna make me some fucking money. So I throw him down on the counter, like I want my money. And the guy looks at me, looks at the cards, looks at me, and he goes, "These are pain lands. We're offering the that money for uh, dual lands. You know, like from Alpha, the what islands and stuff. They were and ripping I'm you like, off, buddy. They, they were ripping somebody off. I didn't have them, so <laughs> rip me off. But so I'll, I'll buy a tiger twenty dollars. Yeah. So all day long. Anyone out there, if you're looking to sell your taiga, yep. Twenty dollars. I'll take volcanic islands. So there was me sitting there, not forty dollars uh more rich and feeling kind of silly, but ultimately I guess it's fine and get screwed because yeah. yeah, woof. Woof. Yeah. Um the other thing that is here that we're losing is the multi modal dual faced land cards where it's like creature on one side land on the back uh, or spell on one side land on the back, depending. I think that that is a huge loss to standard. Anybody have any thoughts? Uh, was it spike hazard? It's a super annoying card. Spike field hazard. Yes. Yeah. Spike field hazard of them. Uh, I, I mean, some of them, I think are a loss for standard spike field hazard being one of them and uh Juwari disruption yep. probably the other yeah it it uh, was nice i guess the thing about the cards and what made them powerful was it was nice to be like my deck runs pretty smoothly on you know 22 lands but i really think sometimes it's helpful to have a 23rd land but this creature could slot in there and he'd be either or, you know, to be on the fringe mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, you half count that as a land. So if you did need it, if it's one of those times you're getting mana screwed, so you're kind of keeping your lands smaller in your deck. Um, there wasn't like the creatures usually weren't that good on one side versus the other. Uh, so it was kind of like a wash sometimes. But um, yeah, Spikefield Hazard, Jawari Disruption, uh, Balaged Recovery was another one that was good. Having that option to keep your lands lower, but while also having a threat or a removal of some sort in there was a mm-hmm. nice um, benefit. I think we've all been ignoring the dragon in the room. <laughs> the 800-pound dragon that you can copy three time, tw- twice with your uh, mirror breaker and get oh, hit with 12 damage. Span dragon. Everyone's yeah. going to miss him. Uh, yeah, he was, he was good. card. He was good. Did love old Goldie. Mana ramp. You sneak him in there. He's hasty. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Is anyone really going to miss anything from Strixhaven other than expressive iteration? Um, not in standard. No, was it Magnum Opus from? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to miss it. I mean, yeah, they killed that deck. There's so few people playing it. Nobody's really going to miss it. Vanishing Verse. It's good removal, but there's still good removal around. Yep. Blade Historian was a niche card and a niche deck. Mm-hmm. I guess Prismari Command saw a lot of use too. So yeah, and it'll those, still be those used. Are probably the two cards. Yeah, it'll still be used where it's best, and that's not standard, <laughs> right? So. Um, yep. And Adventures into the Forgotten Realms. Anyone going to miss Venture into the Dungeon? No, <laughs> I'm not even going to miss the party mechanics. I think that that was. It was a good idea and very flavorful. Um, if you listen to Mark Rosewater, because like when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It makes total sense for D&D. But it was actually in uh, Zendikar Rising first. Um, and they didn't know they were going to make this Forgotten Realm set yet. They made it really, really fast. Uh, <laughs> but neither one of those I'm going to men- uh, miss at all. Nah. Did you ever use the party mechanic at all? I mean... Not effectively. It was right. always to my detriment. Right. I, I think that it was a little just too wonky. I don't know. Mm. I think the uh, the only time that Venture into the Dungeon ever was effective when, when I was using it to troll y'all during the popper uh, challenge. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Other than that. Yeah, no, the, the dungeons just weren't very good, and I understand there's supposed to be additional kind of bonuses, but you had to jump through too many hoops to pull it off, and then there just wasn't anything really powerful in the party mechanics. Yep. Um, I agree. What was the, uh, there was a mechanic, I want to say it was, there was a creature type, it was somewhere around Zendikar, maybe Worldwake, where you got effects for each other creature that had the same subtype or something? No. Oh, was it tribal? Creature tribe? Uh, not tribal. It, it was kind of like tribal, but not. It had a specific creature yeah, yeah, type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like rally? or That was a more effective implementation of that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like was, something yeah. like that would have been more effective than what they did. Yeah. Um, I agree. I just wish I could remember what it was called. Well, you but, look that up, um, and I will talk about the creature lands that we're missing from AFR. Whenever right. card name or another ally enters the battlefield, ally, control. Uh, yeah, uh, right, it, ally. Rally's right, but whenever, yeah, that was ally creature type from battle from Zendikar, battle yeah. for Zendikar. Yeah, I think something like that would have been. I, I just, yeah, the implementation of the party was kind of like, mm, I don't really care about whatever trigger you're getting from the party. I think every time I looked at the card with party mechanic, I was like, I don't care about that. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be consistent enough for me to count on, right? Yeah. Is it good enough with one party member? Because with, right. Is the card that party member? Right. So, like with just regular tribal, you can count on that you're going to have goblins because every single creature is a goblin. But if you have to have a rogue, a cleric, a warrior, and a, you know, something to really take full advantage of it, then That's what if you draw all your rogues? Rogue. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I I never thought it was consistent enough, I guess. Um, although Changeling uh, can help in that, though. <laughs> Which was in Kaldheim, I guess they had Changelings. So Yeah, and I mean, they had that one dude who was every class, but still, it's just... Yeah. 
but he could only count as one of the classes at a time. So you still had to right. have the three other ones. So yeah. Yeah. The creature lands in AFR. Those were uh, very powerful cards that I, that I will miss in standard personally. I think they, the, especially the layer of the Hydra and the den of the bugbear, I think we're, man, I think I'm going to start playing standard just so I don't have to fuck with uh hive of the eye tyrant and <laughs> of the bugbear again. Yeah. I hate those cards. Dude, the Hive of the Eye Tyrant could be, or not Hive of the Eye Tyrant, the uh, Layer of the Hydra could be sneaky, though. Like, uh, especially in green. Or the, like, green has access to so many mana. If you're not paying attention, that thing just activates and blocks your creature and kills it because it's so big, or it just, like, runs mm. at you. All you have to do is pay attention. Yeah. Well, it hides, though. That's the thing. It's sneaky. But I think the Hall of the Storm Giants is less important in standard because there wasn't really a blue-white control deck that took over in standard in other format. It'll they'll still be there. Anything else? No, oh. I think we've uh, I, I think we've paid tribute to old standard. Put her to rest. Yep. So we can uh, look to the horizon. Look to the horizons. At the Brothers War. Lit. Oh, man. Don't get me started. I got so much hope. If they, like, Fumble this really this set. I'm going to be really salty for a very long time. Have you guys finished the story yet? I have not. We should we should talk about the story next week. What do you think? You're going to make me read all that stuff, dude. It's like oh, five no. blog posts. It's five dude, blog posts. You have to, read. and you've already read one of them. Okay, fine. I will freaking read it. It's not that much. Uh, you don't understand how slow I read, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, instead of playing Magic on the Pooper, uh, read Magic on the Pooper. Just read. Yeah. Are they making a Marvel card game already? Oh, no. But Disney's making a card game. That's, oh, no. Is that what Snap is? That's what I was saying. That's what Snap is, isn't it? Yeah. That's not good. You should pour all your eggs into one basket and make it super good. Actually, that's maybe not the best advice always. Isn't that the exact <laughs> opposite of the idiom? Yes. Oh. Yes, it is. But in, in Marvel's case, they are in Disney's case, they own all these properties for a reason. Metaverse, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, may, uh, I, I, if the Disney, if the Disney card game doesn't pull in the other universes, I don't know that it does as well as I was saying before. I, my, my yeah. opinion was based on the fact they had Marvel and star Wars and yeah, based on that assumption. Yeah. Dude. Luke Skywalker going up against uh, Kronk no from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, Kronk. That would yeah. be hilarious. <laughs> I, I want the uh, the Darth Vader versus Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Just do it. Mm. They own it. They could use Sora. And or it, also might as well throw in Magician Donald. <laughs> you know Anything they are. Donald, man. Get some Scrooge McDuck up in there. Yeah. Um, but we're we're get, off on a sidetrack. Um, get the uh, the flying tire iron from uh, Goofy Story. <laughs> there you go. It's a it's an instant I, card. It's just like an instant or sorcery. Yeah, I, I was thinking it's, like it's a either a direct bolt. damage card, like a lightning bolt, or it's a piece of equipment. I mean, there you go. One of the two. <laughs> It'd be funny if lightning bolt was just Goofy's tire iron. Then that was like, <laughs> and the idiom is not like bolt the bird. It's like. Tire iron the mouse. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, this brings me joy. Okay, well, 
as much joy as we're having, I think it's about time to wrap this show up. Tell us where they can find us. Oh, they can find us on Twitter at MPGPod. And they can find me on my personal Twitter at BeNiceMPG. Where can they find you, moderator Dave? You can find me on the Twitter spaces at Dave underscore MPG. And as usual, other Dave is not on the internet, but he has been traveling cross-country. Can you fill us in where you are at the moment? I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Ah, cheese. Cheese. Get some cheese yeah. curds. Yeah, your- well, I, I wanted to be here for the Packers game, and then they weren't playing Wisconsin. So. Oh, <laughs> wait till bad, next week. Bad decision. And oh. uh, But I did stop and get some gas station mac and cheese. Yeah. Mm. Which is Are still, you- it's probably better than 90% of the mac and cheeses out there here in Wisconsin. Dude, do they have mac and cheese curds or it's just like macaroni inside the cheese curd? Because that would be lit. I I, mac- I mean, those, those are just fried mac and cheese bites, right? They have them yeah. everywhere now. Wow, but they're probably better in Wisconsin. Right. Mm. Are you close enough to Canada to get the poutine? Yes, they have poutine. Nice. You don't think that gravy would go on french fries, but it really does. It does. Oh, I 100% like... I don't, maybe it's just because it's something I didn't grow up in Canada, but it was something we grew up making when we were kids is <laughs> mm, putting yeah. brown gravy on French fries and burgers. Oh, I had some poutine in Canada in Epcot at Disney. It was pretty good. Supposed to be authentic. Sure. Also, I mean, it's Epcot. Pate. Don't eat pate. <laughs> don't do it. I didn't know what it was. I was like, this sounds fancy. I'm going to be fancy. You know, we already went around the world in Epcot. You know what you do around the world in Epcot, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was a little bit under the weather, I guess. And I'm eating this poutine, like, or the pate. And I was like, what the f am I eating? This tastes like rancid ass. Ugh. Turns out it's raw meat. It's very bad. Turns out it is rancid ass. Yeah. It's, it's, oh. It's, it's emulsified like chicken livers or. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also like $13. So I was like, I am not throwing this away. So I'm trying to eat it. And I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> Choking it down. You're sweating. Yeah. You've got the 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 big gulp that you're, the, the dull whip that you're chugging in between bites. <laughs> Try to get it down. Yep. It's bad news. Yeah. Don't do it. It's not good um, stuff. Oh, yeah. You can also send us emails. Um at mad, uh, what is it now? Podcast at magicprovinggrounds.com. Yes. Um, and make sure to watch our video on demand of our challenge that we're doing uh, after recording here. Yep. So check that out on our YouTube. Uh, Wait, we have a challenge today? Yeah, it's just the, um, remember, it's the standard uh, decks. No. Um, the pre oh, starter okay. decks. Pre- okay. I, I forgot all about it. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to prepare for it, so. Uh, it would have been nice to have studied the decks and find one I liked, but that's a problem for another day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, now's my chance. I'm finally going to win. Um, all right. We will see. We shall see. Well, see you guys next week. Don't forget Tire Iron the Mouse. Tire Iron the Mouse. Tire Iron the Mouse. Bye.
I could totally see a Johnny running like a greasy spoon. <laughs> I really could too, actually. <laughs> I could see it. Just think about how a Johnny would sound. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What what would a Johnny sound like? In my mind, a Johnny sounds like Mufasa, but that's just me. Mufasa. Just comes in and goes, meow. Meow, 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 meow. Do you think a Johnny purrs? Oh, he, he, and he licks his paws, too. He definitely licks his paws. A Johnny purrs while he's asleep, but also doesn't want people to know that he purrs. 